0: And we believe, by the way, every presentation, every interview, every pitch, every conver- every everything you're on a podium, everywhere you're speaking on a podium is a conversation.
1: Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because today I'm here with my most amazing guest, Shelly. Shelly, thank you so much for being here with us today. Michelle, it is
0: so wonderful to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you love to do for business. Who you are, that is truly a loaded question. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, when I think about it, it's, it's the journey, right, of how I got here. Uh, but at heart, I yeah. am curious and I am constantly learning. So the fact that I am a public speaking coach today and my journey followed a trail of of communications through various tools and means is really, really interesting to me. I, I never anticipated I'd be here, but it is a welcome surprise. I love it. So how did you get into speaking as a thing? It started a number of years ago before the whole, you know, Zoom thing really took off. And I had been in marketing Mm -hmm. and I produced a lot of uh, webinars and prepared people for conferences, all the experts and things of that nature. I was always behind the scenes and helping identify the message, but at one point, the keynote didn't show up and I was asked to fill in because who else knew the material? And I was a deer in headlights. I mean, somehow I got through it. I don't know what happened, but I tried to replicate that moment ever since. And it took me on a journey to work on my confidence in public speaking, because really that's what it came down to learning that diving into that for my own personal development, I realized public speaking, the confidence, the fear of it has nothing to do with the number of people in an audience or being prepared or over-prepared. It is so much deeper and internal. And uh, now I only want to be in the front line speaking. <laughs> so I like nice. it so much. <laughs> I'll take the stage anytime. So love- diving into that, yeah, is how I kind of Realized the process was wonderful. and I just wanted to share it with others. I love it. Well, and it reminds me of,
1: I was a bridesmaid and MC at my friend's wedding. And there were the hecklers in the background and I went, Oh, I hear you want to come up and tell a story. That's awesome. Come on up and tell your story. And they, he got up all confident and stood in front of the podium or behind the podium. And then all of a sudden during the headlights and froze and absolutely like nothing was coming out of his mouth. And I went, And that's the importance of knowing the difference between being safe at the back of the room and being the front of the podium. You did awesome. Thank you. I appreciate your courage for coming up here and hopefully sent him safely back down to his chair. But in that moment, it became startlingly obvious to both him and I that the difference between knowing what to do on stage and having kind of (laughs) the space and awareness once you get on stage, having your body not, you know, completely abandon you <laughs> on stage is totally different. So how do you help people through that with what's it's, going on? It's
0: terrifying. And I'm even shaking hearing you repeat the stories because it, it, I connect with the trauma of my own journey. How do we help people? It's really about learning that self-expression is the most important thing that we can identify with. And once we realize that we own our story, And we're proud of sharing that. We deserve to share that because that's how people know who we really are. You asked that question in the beginning, who am I? Well, sharing a story, you get to know who I am, less about what I do. So the journey is the mindset piece above and beyond, above everything. Mm -hmm. Realizing, again, it's not about the number of people. It's an internal dialogue. That we have to navigate and adjust and I do it through games gamification
1: fun tell me more make it
0: fun right yeah <laughs> I like games I love games so there are digital games uh, there's improv right mm-hmm. and take improv and imagine it as a digital game board on you know a website And you could just play those games over and over again, and each game is designed to help build a certain skill, a speaking skill. So one is about your energy source. When people say, I need to be expressive, well, how do you do that? So one game plays to that energy source. Another game plays to the silence. How do we get comfortable with the silence? So each game forces you to do something that doesn't feel natural because it doesn't feel natural anyway, but it's fun. You're playing a game. So your stress levels are much lower and you can access that feeling. And then you realize, Hey, this isn't so bad. Of course it's okay. I love it. Well, and speaking of
1: games, we have Mark joining us. Hello, <laughs> how are you doing? Your timing is perfect. Hi there. Hello. So Mark, give us kind of the highlight of, of who you are and what you do in the business.
2: Well, I don't do much. <laughs> Good for you. That's the best way to go. <laughs> Minimum possible. I'm, my background is I have um, I started in NLP about... 45 years ago, multiple certifications up to trainer level with different organizations. Uh, Was in sales for most of my career and carried this little secret along the way, which was that I was terrified of public speaking. Uh And a couple of, almost three years ago, where Shelly and I met, I did a course that solved the issue in a way that I had never expected, having gone through Toastmasters and many other public speaking programs that are all good, Mm -hmm. they just didn't offer the kind of intense practice that was necessary for me to get to the place where I was able to surf with being afraid and use that energy to then power a good speech.
1: Nice. Well, we were just starting to get into talking about how she gamifies that whole process. So, why don't we get your experience of what it was like experiencing that for the first time?
2: I signed on. We started playing this game, and it's, I just, I could feel I sucked at it. It was horrible. Aww. And by the end of the game, I'm, there's, uh, there's this weird feeling that I'm not used to at all at that point was, you know, I suck at this, but I could get good with practice because it was like two minutes, a minute, two minutes, repetition after repetition, you know, jumping around, seeing other people doing it, coming back to doing it myself. And suddenly I could feel, wow, something's happening the next day. Because that's how your brain works. Rewiring happens when you sleep. Suddenly I'm better at it. And then that just, that growth continued. And then what that adds up to ultimately is that it doesn't matter how much you believe you're good at something. It's not about reading a book. It's not about necessarily even the games. It's the practice under pressure that brings a confidence that you know I can feel really scared but it doesn't matter because I'll use it to do a good job.
1: I just love that so when you're kind of working with people and uh, kind of implementing the games what are you looking for Shelly as far as kind of are they getting it or they're not getting it or is it merely kind of keep going keep going <laughs>
0: you can do it Well, because Mark and I approach this from, we address the root cause of why somebody is challenged in their speaking. And with our combined experience, we really, we have this skill where we could just dial into, we can get a sense of why they're responding in a certain way. And that kind of intuitively, which is why Mark and I work so well together, is we could really dial into exactly what game or what practice or what exercise they need to guide them there. What's missing. And the beautiful thing about the two of us is, I mean, you hire a coach, you hire a coach, but when you get two coaches with two different approaches and opinions, it just kind of opens up the world as to what can be and how, you know, how we could tap into somebody because at one point we're going to get it. Right. So
1: (laughs) I love it. Well, and as a professional speaker of 20 some odd years, I find it fascinating that things still happen. You know, there are days when I get on a stage and all of a sudden I start getting really nervous and I have no idea why. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. Some days I get on stage and all of a sudden I start getting the, you know, the, uh, I call it the sewing machine. (laughs) Like it's just kind of going, going, going. And it's like, over this but clearly I'm not and sometimes I'll just look at my leg and go like anybody else see the aliens coming here because I did not see aliens (laughs) okay ignore it if you can if you can that's fine too (laughs) we're moving on and uh like some days there's just nothing I can do about that um which I find fascinating because you would think that you know after 20 some odd years it's just you know you get up you ride the bike and life is grand but Uh, That has not been my experience. So when you say you're getting to the root cause of things, I'm fascinated. And I'm sure people that aren't familiar with the concepts are even more fascinated. So tell me more about that.
0: Well, Mark has a great answer for that energy because, hey, we get that too, even to this day. So I'll let him riff on that.
2: Yeah. You know, what I've, well, the learning research is really clear. The And then beyond that, the the research that's been done with like high performance, under pressure people, whether that's athletes, whether that's SEAL teams, first responders, doesn't matter. How our nervous system works, which is what's causing that fear, energy, anxiety, whatever you want to describe it as, is consistent. That fight, flight, freeze, fold response is there for a reason. And when, like I've said, when you can use it, you are a better speaker. But it will show up. You want it to show up actually ahead of time. One of the first guys I trained with was Tony Robbins. 45 years ago, believe it or not, when he was first getting started. And even today, he will jump on a tramp, a mini tramp before he goes on stage. He jacks himself up to feel that energy because he's done so many speeches in front of all sorts of crowds and presidents and all the rest of it, that it's tough for him to get a little bit of fear at this point, but he wants to get that energy in his body prior to going on stage. Because if you don't, what happens is you start yapping (laughs) and, oh, surprise, here it comes. The, The adrenaline and the dopamine squirt. It's going to happen at some time, so it's better for it to happen ahead of time so then I can use the breathing, and breathing is the most effective way to control that energy or use it, and then you've got control over it. You're not going to flip out. Your body's not going to do weird stuff because it's trying to burn off that extra juice that you got going because it surprises you.
1: Nice. I love that. And it's, it is fascinating to me to, to watch people with um, their kind of pre-stage <laughs> exercises. And, uh, and what's kind of funny is the higher or the, the people that have been around the longest, um, put it that way, or get paid the most to speak from stage or make the most <laughs> of speaking from stage, tend to have the most rituals before going on stage has been my notice. Uh, and I'm, man- I'm thinking it's because of the training like this.
0: Yeah, it, it's management, right? The energy mm-hmm. may never go away. It most likely won't, as we're experiencing and hearing. So, how do you manage that? How do you use it and rechannel it to your best ability? Mm-hmm. And you can go on stage and having an acute awareness about your feelings, your emotions, the sensations. You have an opportunity, as Mark said, with the breath, we coach you on using the breath to autocorrect at any point of any conversation. And we believe, by the way, every presentation, every interview, every pitch, every convert, every, everything you're on a podium, everywhere you're speaking on a podium is a conversation. And again, if you approach it from that point of view, you're working all together. You're not talking at people. That takes a lot of pressure off, actually.
1: Nice. I love that. Well, and I remember an interview once with Robin Williams. And, uh, and I think his most famous one was Robin Williams at the Met, where he's just running around. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know escape, oh <laughs> And it was great how he just used that, that energy to be able to go in. And by this time, he was like 20, 30 years into his career. Like he had made it. Like there was, he was at the pinnacle. There was no need to kind of stop there. Um, And certainly he didn't, but he he knew how to use it well. But I'm imagining that there are times when, you know, you can't just run around the mat (laughs) when you're doing a talk with somebody, especially if you're doing corporate or if you're doing an IPO or, you know, somewhere where people are expecting you to be a quote unquote, a little more professional. Um, So talk to me about that. Oh, that makes me
0: crazy. (laughs) <laughs> that makes me crazy. Excellent. Don't start with me on professional quote with air quotes. I mean, we are who we are, you know? Right. It's like I'm not I think there's appropriate environments for things, but I would hope that any interview you're your any job you're interviewing for or any time you're speaking at a conference, they would want you to show up. You know, that's what we loved about Steve Jobs. He was himself there. And you don't get, I mean, that was one of the largest companies in, in tech at the time. I mean, so nobody gets more corporate than that. And he was himself. He dressed down, but he it was more about how he showed up. And people love that. That's what built that company. When you show up as a perfect CEO in the air quotes, people tend to not trust you as much you're reading from a script or something's there, but it's not authentic. We nice. would
1: challenge well, that. Nice. Cause I think too shows like, and I get, it's not really based on reality, but you know, shows like shark's tank, where they're, they are doing corporate pitches, they are doing, it's not quite an IPO, but it's, um, you know, they're asking for a substantial amount of money that they really are looking for that personality. So how does somebody tap into their personality without going, oh, I want to look like Oprah. Oh, I want to, (laughs) how do I act like them? How do I act like Deborah Walters in an interview? How do they find their own identity?
2: Storytelling. Tell me more. Well, that's, you, how do you connect with yourself? You connect with yourself through your history for the most part. That's what makes us who we are, is here's my lived experience. Well, if I start relating that, whether that's telling a story about, you know, it's dark and I'm, it's freezing out and I'm, we're getting ready to go up Kalapatar to see the sun rise over Everest. Or whether it's, and how can I relate that to how that makes me a determined individual in the face of impossible pain, almost or almost impossible, to persevere. And how does that convey confidence then to those people who want to put money into the company that, oh, yeah, this guy is a CEO who's not going to quit when when it gets tough. Yeah, they're probably going to pivot. That's the reality of startups. Nobody has the perfect, well, not very often, is the first arrow shot going to hit the target. They're going to have to adjust, sometimes completely different. And that's what they want to see. That's what they want to trust. That's what they want to feel more than anything else. Because all of this really is about selling. And how do you sell? Is it features? This is, I'm stealing Shelley's rant here. Is it features and benefits? No. They have to trust you. They have to care about what you're saying. They have to know that you care about them and you're going to look after them. You're going to do your best. It's, it's the feeling is what conveys that trust factor, starts to open the door. And I know for a fact that that's what gets people funding if they're doing their going for a first or a second or a tenth round. It doesn't matter. It's always... Can they make the audience feel it? And we've done this with lots from uh, book publishers, pitching Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera. All kinds of these sorts of trainings we've done with people. And when we really hammer that message home and get them to practice it, they get deals, period.
0: And and I just want to add one more thing in there. You mentioned the corporate world. Well, look what's happening in the corporate world. They're laying off people in masses. Younger generations are coming in and saying, We have purpose. What do you, 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 you we're not connecting with the people we work with? We're not happy, we, you know, it's just an in and out. And even older generations are reflecting back, saying, Yeah, after being home for three years, I want to connect. So the challenge is. People are shifting. We have a different expectation of what we'd like from corporate. It isn't what it was in 2019 or 2020. It's never going to be that way again. So why not start now on shifting that narrative of what corporate really is? Corporations are people. <laughs> they're, not, they're not <laughs> brick and mortar. You know, They don't just function in empty buildings. There's humans in there. So we're getting to the human element. And working on your speaking abilities and skills helps you be more human, enrich that story that Mark's talking about, and get away from the features and benefits and bricks.
2: The right I, words don't sell.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, when somebody's learning to tell
1: their own stories, you were saying earlier about going deeper with those stories. So, it's not just hey, I have this talk I have to do on Friday and I practice it in front of my dog and my cat in the bathroom mirror. What kind of things are, (laughs) (laughs) what kind of things are you doing to work with them on that?
2: We start practicing with people just telling a story about their life, a moment. Doesn't have to be a big moment. I mean, those are easier. You know, About their cat. The cat, (laughs) what you had for breakfast last week. Peanut butter and jelly what the day was like when you were out for the, you know, I, I stepped outside and the sun's really bright and getting them to dive right into that story, not give us the setup. Oh, I'm going to start walking my dog and everybody wants to build a world to try and, cause we want to be understood. That's such a need. And yet it just gets in the way, you know, you're watching, I was watching uh, the um, Wrexham welcome to Wrexham last night and it starts Bam, instantly, you're in the movie. It's there, it's ha- or the TV show, it's instantly happening. There's no setup. Oh, Ryan and Rob are going to buy a soccer team in, in uh, England, in Wales. There was none of that. It was just, boom, it starts. That's how you grab people, so you've got interest. And then, it, even better than that, that's what grabs me. When I'm telling the story. So I'm opening the door. It's really sunny out. Come on dogs. I'm pulling the dogs. And out we go. It's beautiful out. It's cold. I'm here in BC. It's cold still. But it's a beautiful day. And I know it's going to be a great walk. I can go on and on with that whole story. Of what it's like dodging the dog pee and the poo. <laughs> whatever direction I want to take it. From those simple moments. And if I've got a story that has a purpose, here's what I'm trying to convey convey to people. So maybe it's your presentation talking about the quarterly report and you say, well, wait a minute, this doesn't relate. You can find a personal story from the last week. You can. Just takes practice. So you don't have to
1: start it out with, it was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) No.
2: No, or, you know, I'm, I'm in the hospital looking at, you know, they're, they're telling me I got a few hours to live or some, you know, overly dramatic kind of thing. Those are great mm-hmm. stories, but those are TED Talks, not necessarily for, the, for your presentation. But you want to give that, this is I'm stealing Shelley's thunder again here, <laughs> data with a soul. Mm-hmm. If you're just reciting data and facts because it's the, you know, the weekly presentation of our results, nobody's listening. That's what you send by an email. Here's what happened this week. That story of what happened is much more interesting and actually conveys more useful information than the date and the, the, the facts and figures do. That, that's nice backup. Nice to love not it. The meat.
1: So, when it comes to who you guys work with and servant support, who do you love to work with or who do you see most often coming through your doors?
0: Oh, a lot of it. We work with high level executives and why we like that so much is because when they understand it from the top, then they say, my whole team needs this because you can be a great leader. You can be a great entrepreneur, But you may not necessarily have know, have the tactics to do that, but you may not have the communication skills to engage one on one, and especially entrepreneurs tend to sort of hide out in their little ivory castle they don't necessarily blend in. So, starting from the top and opening up that dialogue really is like a landslide throughout the organization that's what's fun because you realize they're gifting it to the rest of the organization, which they realize there's people. And, and an organization is better when everybody's sharing ideas and thoughts and they're more innovative, they're more creative, they feel better. So that would be the ideal.
2: Yeah, leaders at every level is something that we believe is the change that needs to happen. Because the com- the companies that are doing that, that embrace that, mm. are outperforming. They're not even noticing, you know, any kind of downturn right now. Where the companies that are hiding from that or have a very hierarchical structure, well, we've seen what they're doing. You know, 200,000 plus people laid off because they overhired, they over... Whatever. Whatever reason they want to give it, ultimately, it's that they they don't care. (laughs) Which
1: is very sad. So the ones that do care, we love those ones. And I think it's important, especially as uh, people come on, on a a company, because I know way back in the day when I came on, it was like, Hey, do your job, be seen and not heard kind of thing. And I think it's so important now to be able to empower people to to take their voice through the company, because it's, it's not only how they're articulating their ideas in the board meetings. And God knows if you can make those more interesting and, and useful that, um, you know, the, if all, every meeting becomes useful, then the company just has to grow exponentially. That's, that's just given kind of thing. And
0: we do awesome. That mm-hmm. for sure. Sorry. We, we definitely. Yeah, can- so
1: give us an example, a Cinderella story of one of your clients. It's, Doing that.
0: So we just coached a gentleman right now who runs a startup and he has his meetings. He had these 25 minute meetings every day. Everybody in the organization a small team would get up and each person would have five minutes and boom, boom, boom. They'd run through the stats done. They did that every day. And it was like a drone, you know, and then this, that, you know, kind of what was happening. And so we encouraged um the CEO, the founder, to, to start with story, you know, put a name, put a face to the data points, because even we've, you know, Mark's heard me say this a million times. When you go to Amazon, humans are creating the algorithm. Our behavior dictates what happens to what Amazon responds to, right? So that's, Dad, tell that story I was shopping for a pair of pants because I was looking for such and such the story. Behind that data point of buying the pants is much more interesting than the data point that I bought a pair of pants. So this executive was sharing with his team a story about something that happened that led to the data point. And there was silence in the room. He still took his five minutes actually I think it was less. It was like under three minutes and people were just like engaged. And then as a result, everybody started inadvertently sharing a story. And all of a sudden, they walked away with more interest, more engagement, feeling good that this wasn't just another meeting in the day. And now they look forward to that meeting and they actually get more of it. And there's more follow-up because there's more where that came from, as opposed to shoving in a ton of data that most of us just went right over our heads.
1: Well, and I love that because I think the whole idea of a sprint meeting, you know, came from these droning meetings where nobody cared. It's like, okay, get to the point, make it interesting, and get out of here. What do you need? Do you need help? No, great. Move on. And I think when when they're telling the stories, I can totally see how that would bring in some humanity to it and understanding why the data points. Like, okay, great. I'm having issues, you know, connecting point A to point B. I need Frank's help. But You know, I'm having issues because this is what's going on in in the industry. And there's a story behind it. Oh, now it's important why we get from point A to point
0: C and it's all good. Exactly. Because it's the because. And that's why we have these numbers. Oh, really? Then you could dig in. Absolutely. That was really well summarized. (laughs)
1: Love it.
0: So, what are some of the
1: stumbling blocks that some of our listeners might be having right now? And they're going, Shelly, Mark, we need you in our company so bad. What are kind of the the signs?
2: Well, the big one is that they're not willing to be uncomfortable.
0: Mm.
2: Being uncomfortable, practicing being uncomfortable is sort of the our secret weapon. Um, that's really important, I feel. Like, uncomfort, being willing to go outside of your comfort zone, which is uncomfortable. That's the definition of it, is where growth happens. That's where you're going to change things. That's where you're going to meet that new person and talk to them and maybe share a little bit of who you really are. You know, that that personal stuff, that's not the private stuff. There's a line. The personal stuff that really shows, hey, you know, lift the kimono a little bit and see, you know, This is what I like to do. I like model trains or blah, blah, whatever stupid thing. Take that risk in order to connect with another human being. It starts with the simple things like that and then expands from there. And you might be thinking, oh, what the heck does that have to do with public speaking? Same thing. It's all a conversation.
0: Another thing I'd add we hear a lot is how... How can I use stories? Yeah, I talk to my friends and my family. We're always talking about stories and this happened. How does that apply to business? It's the air quote, perfect business, right? Corporate. And like in this uh, last entrepreneur's story that I told you about, there is a story. And once you start using it, building that trust, it's unbelievable what happens and how the comprehension and the effectiveness improve exponentially, which saves companies time. That's a byproduct. They don't even realize we save them time because you're not spending, you know, 12 hours preparing, you know, 101 point slide PowerPoint.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's skill those. Well, and I think it's a, a fun way for people to learn that it's okay to be wrong. Like in our company, we are very much uh, okay, you are going to screw this up. It is going to happen wrong. And from that, you are going to learn some things and you're going to modify and adjust and and create. And when you're happy with it, then you let me know, but don't expect to be happy with it. And and I explained it to one for Kels <laughs> who said, I've asked you to go pick up some kids and put them on the bus and take them to school. And you are on the highway to the school, but you haven't picked up any of the kids yet. <laughs> you got to slow down, back up the bus a bit there's a reason we're heading over this way. And I don't think a lot of businesses realize that and they don't create the culture of it. So here in being able to tell stories, it's, it's not a matter of life and death. If I don't tell the right story, it's not a matter of life and death. If I you know, flop on my face and I say, yeah, it was my dog. It was my rabbit. I mean, I think it was a dog. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's all good. It's just, you know, carry on with the story. And, and it gives a, a standing ground to be able to create a culture where it's okay to not be perfect right off the bat. And what did we learn from that? And everybody's going to learn from that. That's awesome.
0: It's so impossible to be perfect because it doesn't exist. And it's we hear <laughs> that we have to say the right thing. And the truth is there is no right thing. And if we open that dialogue, like you're doing in your organization to have the discussion as we go, there's a, a, a saying that my dad used to say, and I'm sure a lot of businessmen said this, you know, why is it that a company could find the money the second time to fix something, but they can't find the money to do it right the first time. So if we invest in our people to have good communication skills, to talk through the process, you can catch mistakes because they're happening anyway. <laughs> right? So get them early and and, and and dive into that and find the innovative solution. Open the floodgates of creativity.
1: Nice, I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you?
2: Remarkablespeaking.com is our website. You can find us both on LinkedIn. That's our main playground. So Mark Bossert, Shelly Goldstein on LinkedIn. And also we have Remarkable Speaking. We have our own channel on LinkedIn as well and on YouTube. That's we put we tend to put out a lot of videos because we know how to talk.
1: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Nice. Nice. We will of course have all of those links in the show notes peep. So just scroll down, find the links, go connect and uh, yeah, get started on the journey to speaking. So I get to ask you, and I'm going to ask you individually, Shilly first, at what point in life did you know you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an
0: entrepreneur? I don't know that I do now. (laughs) I'm just just showing up every day and saying, what will happen now?
1: (laughs) Yes. So so many entrepreneurs go, what? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing
0: what? (laughs) Have I done it yet? (laughs) Am I there? Am I adulting? (laughs) But, 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 but a a real truth is also, I, I never quite fit in my Mm. entire career. I was always hired because I was different And that organization was looking for a different perspective. I was never like, I never drew in the lines. I always was wobbling outside. And so at a certain point, I actually got laid off in 2018. And I realized this is a golden opportunity to just do it, do what I want to do for myself. And that is feeling really good right now. Glad I made that choice.
1: I love it. I love it. Mark, how are you? When at what point did you realize in life that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think you could become an entrepreneur?
2: Um, I were I was working for a gambling company, poker site in Antigua, running mm-hmm. president of the corporation in 1990, just wow. prior to all this becoming a thing, and I had. Sat down with one of the owners and he says, "You need to stop taking this so personal. It's just business." And I, every spidey sense in my being went off like crazy. Like, uh "Oh, (laughs) these guys are not on my side." And so I did what I needed to do to get out of that situation on my terms and in to my benefit, my family's benefit. And that's when I started. And then a bunch of things happened. I was working at a radio station again. Same thing. I'm looking around at this 12 years ago and going, this is dead. This industry is screwed. I'm trying to be politically correct here because I would have used another word. (laughs) And they don't know it. They're, They're being slow motion run over by a train and all it was doing was chopping more people chopping more people i did really well in sales there extremely well but i went okay this is it all in this time no going back to it, no safety nets so what if it's you know 150 grand a year i need to do my own thing now and so that's when i started my search engine optimization company and then it was just natural from then. I'm never going to work for anyone else again unless I own part of or part or most of the company. Love, <laughs>
0: well, good to I know.
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in your entrepreneurial careers, have you ever had a blooper moment where you're like, "Oh, I can't believe we did that," but it was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. And, and you want to you want to hear the story? Is that what you're? Yes, asking? please. We've done a lot of workshops and podcasts um, and there was one workshop that I don't think Mark and I, we were both off. We didn't do our, we didn't follow our own advice or what we coach others on. And we came off of both had very hectic days. We landed into this room and it just went from bad to worse. I don't know that the host or the guests acknowledged or, or notice, I should say, but Mark and I downloaded about that we were so wrapped up in how it was that the energy was bad. We felt we said the wrong things. We didn't feel like we were being organic and, and authentic. And it was really, it didn't feel good. So uh, we learned from that moment. We learned from that moment to practice what we preach really, truly ongoing. No names mentioned. <laughs>
2: I know what you're talking about. I know you do. For me, my uh, big, beautiful moment was many years ago, I was doing a presentation at a college. And I had I practiced, 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 been sleepless for, for days ahead of this. And I had all these slides that I'm doing. And it's in a theater style thing. There's probably three, 400 people there. And I'm talking away, and I I notice people are looking at me funny. And huh. I look down, and I've stepped in front of the projector, <laughs> and the, the slide is projected on my stomach. <laughs> <for> <laughs> I don't know how long. So I kind of just <laughs> inside blew up and moved myself along and uh, tried to get myself back together again. One uh-huh. of many experiences of... Um, that might have culminated in this terror of public speaking that I had.
1: and <laughs> I can just imagine I'd be sitting there going, okay, you see this point right here down. <laughs> like, oh, you can't see that here. Let's go float back up again. <laughs> yeah, and that ability to be able to, you know, capture the moment and then move on.
2: I did awesome. not do that well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good. You guys have been fabulous. Thank you so much for all you've contributed here. Any last words for our peeps?
0: You will get there. If you're sitting out there now thinking everything they said does not make sense, I can't even wrap my head around it. Think about the littlest risks you've made. Uh, Maybe as a kid, you ran into the reservoir, you jumped into a pile of leaves. Have that kind of feeling and sensation to know that if you're open-minded to having fun, everybody has a story in them and everybody's story is worth sharing. Love it.
1: Love it, love it. Thank you both so much for your time. I appreciate it and I know how valuable it is. Thank you, Michelle. This was a lot of fun.
2: Thanks, Michelle. Loved it. Awesome.
1: Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating like five stars personally and share with your friends.